You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hello and good day, everyone. This is Keetra. I am back again with another wonderful episode of SOB Style of Business. We have a exciting guest on today. I have been waiting to speak to her for the past week. We are speaking to Miss Pam Terry, the CEO and founder of The In Demand Speaker and now Media. So we are not going to waste too much time. Without further ado, I would like to hand the ball over to Miss Pam. She's going to give us her background, expertise, all of that stuff. You guys know the run of the show. So, Ms. Pam, without further ado, how are you? And thank you so much for agreeing to be here with us today. Well, thank you, Keetra. This has been an exciting goal to look forward to today, and I appreciate the opportunity. So, let me see. A little background about me. You know, nobody likes to toot their own horn, but, <laughs> you know, as a kid, I... I like to teach. And I would line up all my dolls and I'd get a blackboard and be teaching them. They were my, my little class. And then, you know, I, I, in fact, that's not uncommon. I've heard other girls who've done that when they were little. And then, but in drama, I mean, in junior high, I was a drama student and I got all these awards. And then after junior high, I diverted my attention and focused on, you know, raising a family and work. Mostly I was a marketing employee and then a marketing consultant. And I was doing a lot of public speaking in 2011. Now I have to tell you, you know, I've been around for quite a while. I'm in my sixties. So, and I've all, I've always worked, you know, I've worked since I was 16 when I was in high school working at my dad's Dr. Pepper plant. And so I love business. And in 2011, I decided that I really wanted to help people with their public speaking because I saw so many people suffering up on the stage or, you know, petrified or doing a really bad job. And I just thought, you know, I know I could help these people. And so I said, you know, I'm a perfectionist. So I said, I sat on the fence for a long time, but then I finally decided I'm just going to do it. I'm going to start providing workshops. And it was very popular. I got good feedback from people and that's how I got started with my business. And I just have a talent and a knack for communication and marketing. So that's kind of how I got started. And I do, I combine those two public speaking training and marketing strategy, and they go go together well, you know, for people who are wanting to market themselves as a public speaker. I just think public speaking is a great way to network. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I know that, you know, you mentioned that uh, prior to you launching, you know, the the in-demand speaker that you were doing a lot of speaking engagement. So I guess at that point, you probably collected a lot of business cards over the years. Oh my, yes. Way too many. <laughs> That's true. Done a lot of networking, but you know, as a public speaker, what's so great about it, which is the obvious here, is that everybody gets to meet you because you're the speaker. So it is the ultimate way to network, to have everybody meet you. So I think I think everyone should improve their public speaking skills because you're going to have the opportunity to get up in front of a group for some reason in your life and you don't want to be up there sweating bullets 
because you're just freaked out. Now, why did, why is public speaking considered the number one fear of most people? Why do people fear it more than death? I mean, well, I, you know, there's a reason. Everybody has their reasons, right? But the reasons that people have aren't really causing the fear because your reasons and my reasons may be different. So if it reasons, then maybe they're valid reasons, but it's really the thoughts that you, you're thinking about yourself. I'm going to look bad. Oh my God, everybody's looking at me. What am I going to do? I'm going to fail. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, I don't look right. You know, whatever those thoughts are. But notice that the thoughts are all about you and public speaking is not about you. It's about the audience. So what you have to do is you have to shift your focus off of you and focus on your commitment to provide value for the audience. Now, have you ever been in Toastmasters? No, ma'am. I'm not familiar. Okay. Well, you know, I was a drama student and I was an award-winning drama student, but that was in junior high. And by the time I was working and in my 20s and 30s, I hadn't really been speaking in front of people. And so I thought, well, I'll join a Toastmasters because Toastmasters group because I want to get back into that. And I was a nervous wreck. They, I hadn't done it in a while. And, and so they have this thing called table topics where they call on you to come up and give a presentation where you have no time to prepare. They just give you the topic. And it's, it's basically impromptu speaking. And that was the horrendous. The first time I got up and did that, I just couldn't even. I mean, my heart was pounding. My knees were literally knocking. I thought you could see my heart pounding because pounding so hard. And I just couldn't wait to sit down. All I could see, all I could think of was these people are looking at me. What am I going to say? Freaked out, totally freaked out. But I was in Toastmasters and Toastmasters is great. It is a commitment. You go once a week. At least it was back then when I went, but I was in it for five years and I became one of the best table topics presenters where when they would have a table topics, I would be like, please call on me, please call on me. You know, because the reason why I wanted them to call on me was because you got voted on who the best table topics was, or what's the right grammar there, who was the best one, and whoever was the best one won a prize. And I just loved winning stuff. So I would be like, please call on me. I know I can do this. What was really cool about it was that it taught me to really think on my feet and have opinions and I noticed that before then, I really just didn't have opinions about stuff. I was young, and but in my job where I worked for an accounting firm, I was their marketing coordinator, and it helped me to be confident in meetings and with the partners and all these people who were accountants and professionals, and I was the marketing person. You know, so I was sort of the odd man out, but that was really interesting that it could improve my confidence. So what I'm saying is that for people who are scared, I know we, we're, you know, got to talk about the fear of public speaking when you're talking about giving presentations and that fear, you can overcome it. You know, I used to give, not used to, but when I give workshops and when I gave one in the past, I had someone tell me that they had tried everything to overcome their fear, shifting their focus, all the things I was suggesting, nothing worked. And just so happened in that workshop, we had a hypnotherapist there. And he said, in fact, he's in Houston. You and I are in Houston. And his name is Michael Yeager. I love giving his name out there. He is a hypnotherapist. And 
a grief uh, a counselor for addictions and all kinds of things. He's really great, holistic type of practitioner. But he said that you can get rid of your fear of speaking through hypnosis. Oh, I did. I never. I never knew that. You know. He says it takes like one to three sessions, depending on the person. So she was writing his name down. (laughs) Really? Wow. That is amazing. I tell you what, I mean, he is in business because there's so many people who are just kind of, you know, you're petrified. Well, at least I am, you know, when it it comes to public speaking and especially the impromptu when you're when you're not prepared and, you know, somebody wants you to say something really quick and you're trying to gather all of this information to put together something so that you don't look, you know, just ridiculous when you're up there. You want to know what you want to present it in a way that it that you, you know, when you give it to the audience, you want them to be under understand what you're saying. But when you're putting it together in your head, it's like everything is just like, okay, where do I start? Where do I stop? So that's definitely uh, interesting to know that through hypnosis, you can be cured of of, uh, your fear. You know, and just practicing these impromptu speaking, it's amazing how, at least my experience was, how comfortable I became if anybody called on me impromptu. I learned how to be very relaxed and be able to respond and give an answer, whatever, whatever it is. You know, I'm not afraid to say, I don't know, or I could make something up. Now, in table topics for Toastmasters, you could make stuff up. Like they might give you a topic like, why is a banana yellow? And you had to talk about it for an hour. I mean, an hour for a minute, a minute and a half. That's a long time, but you can have a lot of fun with it as well. So, and that's, that's the thing that I like about public speaking is, you know, I love to have fun in public speaking to really connect with people and to, you know, it's just exhilarating and, you know, to make a difference for people, to help them because I'm a trainer, you know, to help them become confident speakers. I love self-expression, communication. Those are areas that come easier to me, I think, than some people. You know, we all have certain gifts and talents. That's kind of my areas, communication, speaking, public speaking. I love helping people. You know, here's the thing about helping people and making a difference that I find kind of interesting. When you help others, it validates your self-worth like when you can actually help someone. So it, it's a two, it's a, you know, a double reward. So anything you can do to validate your self-worth, I think is a good thing. And so helping others makes you feel good, makes them feel good. Now, there are like four hormones that are feel-good hormones. And this is another way to help counteract fear of public speaking. When you feel good, it can't be in fear when you feel good. They contradict each other. So I blog, uh, I have a lot of different articles about the fear of public speaking. So if anybody wants to go to my blog, it's just pmterry.com. My website has a blog on it. And one of the things that I talk about in one of the blogs is one of these hormones called oxytocin. Have you ever heard of that one? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So oxytocin is, they say men and women Like, let's say you look at a little baby and you go, oh, he's so cute. That can produce oxytocin. It's that feel-good type of hormone. So even exercise can produce those types of, you know, like they say, endorphins. That's another, I think that's another hormone. I'm not a medical person. but (laughs) No worries yet. But I, I believe you're correct, though. Yeah. So it's interesting, the different things that you can do. So helping others 
makes you feel good. Whatever you can do that makes you feel good, exercise, eating right, you know, all these things actually help counteract your fear. Already, this is, uh, I'm jotting down some notes over here because these are, you know, definitely some good, good points that you brought up. And speaking of making a difference, and I know that you've helped so many people, you know, approach the podium and, and able to, to deliver good speeches. Now, when you were doing, when you were involved in your career as a communications director, a marketing director, rather, did you ever visualize, like, did you have a, an idea that you would one day kind of venture off into helping others to become better speakers? Or did you, you know, did you gradually fall into that? Well, probably more gradually fall into it, Keetra. I never had like a specific vision. I'm going to go do that. I'm a bit of a gypsy, but I'm probably a lot of a gypsy because I like to change things a lot and I don't have like this overarching goal. Did I didn't have. I do now have, it's sort of like, you know, some people, they're born knowing their purpose, right? And other people like me, we don't really know what our purpose is until we get older and gain more wisdom and that sort of thing. So my vision now, I, I have a vision for my life that I'm going to be working on till I'm gone, you know, and hopefully I'll be for a long time, still a longer time. But no, I, I didn't. I knew that I loved making a difference from when I was just a kid because I was always doing things for charitable organizations. And, you know, I've been, you know, I know that I love for, you know, those three things, you know, having fun, communication and making a difference for others. But one day I decided, you know, what is it that I really want to do in life? Because I kind of gravitate towards things like that sounds good. And this sounds good. I'll do this and I'll do this. And I've done a lot of different things. So I wrote down everything that I love in life from little, I love babies, flowers, making a difference, movies. I'm a movie addict. I love movies. But you know, it's a self-expression. It's a story. I get, I love all kinds of, well, all kinds of movies. And I looked at this list, which was much longer than what I've just shared, but I looked at the list and I said, what could I create that would involve all these things that I love, including traveling and just there are all kinds of things on there. So I came up with my now media and now media, the now is spelled N-O-W-W, which is network of what's working. And what I came up with was a TV network that would focus on the things that were working in the world to solve the problems of the world, like solving homelessness and poverty and uh, prison recidivism, which is the rate of return to prison from when people who are incarcerated are released, they end up coming back. That's recidivism. And then just all these, these societal ills that we have around the world, where is it working? And I didn't quite know how to come up with a TV network. So that's when I thought, well, I'll do the public speaking. That's being on the stage and that's expression. So I'll start with that. So by the end of this year, my goal is to start my podcasting, which is why I'm so excited about meeting you because you're doing the podcasting and I love all the tools that I've, as I've told you that you use, but I'm working, I'm focusing on, on my speaker business right now. I've got some things planned coming up that I can't really reveal what they are yet. By the end of the year, my goal is to have the now news and now TV started in some form or fashion. Although I do have like Facebook pages and you'll see like on Twitter, my hand, my Twitter handle is now TV. So it's kind of, it's kind of out there a little bit. Kind of all over. Yeah. But I, but the thing is, is that some people do have their, like, they know what they want to be. And for me, 
when I was doing marketing and public relations, I really enjoyed it. And I became accredited in public relations, I think like it was in the eighties. And it was easy to me to pass the test. I just, it just works. I you know love to work with people and be diplomatic and Public relations is a very interesting field. I mean, you know, when you look at public relations, public speaking is a big part of it. It's not all of it, but public, there are attorneys and high powered people that are in public relations. And then you also have entrepreneurs who are PR gurus. And I mean, I know several of them in Houston and they're really, they're excellent, but it takes, you're looking at a lot of different things when you're, well, you're looking at all your different publics. The public speaking is a huge part of public relations. Yeah. And that's, you know what, I I am so glad that you mentioned that because I know when people think public speaking, they automatically go into the life coaches, the motivational speakers, you know, those people that, you know, they have specific messages to kind of motivate people and, you know, inspire people and things like that. And also for different ministries and things like that. That's the first thing that normally you would think of when it comes to public speaking, if you're not an industry professional in that field. But um, that actually sets me up for this question. What are some of the most common misconceptions about public speaking? And I knew that that would be a good, I knew, I knew that, exactly, (laughs) I'm like, okay, every time I, public speaking, first thing you go to is motivation, you know, but there's other things that I'm sure that we are not really realizing when it comes to public speaking. So I definitely wanted to throw that question your way and see if you could help us with the misconceptions of it. Well, Okay. You know, I don't know for sure what the most common ones are. And I love getting questions I've never heard before because I'm like, oh, good. This is a new thing I can research, you know, and find out about. But I'm going to take some guesses from my experience. And one of them I would say is that people think it's hard and that they can never overcome their fear. I think that's a misconception and common because you can. It's not hard. You make it hard. You know, that's that's the thing. If people can you're not, you don't have to be born a public speaker. You can learn to be one, just like learn to be a leader. So public speaking is, I'm not sure if this is a misconception, but public speaking can help you in so many ways in your life. Like, for example, if you are a CEO of a company, you should be a good public speaker, at least a good public speaker, because you're, you're going to have the opportunity to speak. I headed up a chamber of commerce in the 80s, and it's not even around anymore. It was the Galleria Chamber of Commerce. I think they merged with the Katie, uh, the West Chamber now. But as a civic leader, you're called upon to speak. I was interviewed on TV. uh, I was on the radio. I was on uh, different panels and what, what have you, and led all these different meetings. So... Public speaking was critical to my job. And I think that it is critical to any CEO's job. So a misconception might be that a CEO may not feel like they need to have public speaking skills. They can have someone else do that for them. I think that's a misconception. I think that's that it would be better for the CEO. Maybe they have someone speaking for them. That's fine, but they should also... And here's another one. Oh, God. I mean, this one where you'll have someone, I'll just wing it. I can just wing it. I'm, I'm a good, they think they're a public speaker. They'll just wing it, right? And they ramble. And they ramble. Now, I had a friend of mine 
tell me about her boss who would speak to investors. He would never prepare and he would just wing it and he would lose their interest because he he would ramble and ramble. Oh, I wish I could have helped him. But, you know, some people don't want help. They think, ah, it's okay. They think they have it in the bucket. Yeah, no, I, I tell you what, that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad that I was able to uh, find your profile and, and to have you on because these are tools to success. Like th- this is what, I mean, like you said, whether you're a CEO or maybe you're an author of a book, maybe you're just whatever, like being able to speak with confidence anywhere is, is definitely what a lot of people need. And, you know, it takes training, just like you said. And as for so for in regards to your company, the in-demand speaker, what does that look like when you get like a new client? Like what type of uh, I know you enjoy like helping them and to express themselves and to be more confident. But what would what does that typically look like when you have somebody that's absolutely petrified of public speaking? And they said that they've tried everything, you know. Well, the first thing I do is I share with them the technique that I teach where they need to get this distinction that their fear is being caused by their thoughts about themselves. And so the more that they focus on themselves, the more fearful, anxious, and nervous they're going to be. So if they continue down that track, that's what they're going to get. And so they have to shift their focus onto their commitment for providing value for their audience. There's a couple of things there that I would share with them. And I want to share with everybody right now. One is Pavarotti, the opera singer. He has a quote. He says, most singers want the audience to love them. I love the audience. Okay. So, He's not concerned about the audience loving him. He just loves the audience. And that's what a public speaker must do is love that audience, love those people and commit to providing value. Now, it depends on what kind of speaker you are. Are you providing entertainment and motivation? Are you a trainer? Are you imparting some kind of wisdom to help people? Usually a public speaker is going to impart some kind of information that's going to help people improve their lives in some way. So what they focus on is their commitment to that. Now, this is a what I would call a muscle that you develop. So take, for example, Keitra, let's say I get invited to speak somewhere and I am not going to know anyone in the audience. Those type of situations make me nervous. Okay, I like to speak to a group where I know the people. Now, for some people, it's the opposite. They, you know, love speaking to know it's if it's people they know, they get nervous. You know, it's, it doesn't really matter. But for me, that's that's what causes my nervousness. So I have to like say, oh, it's not about me. It's about the audience. What I need to find out about the audience. Who are they? What do they want? You know, how can I really like shower them with love and give them lots of value? That's where I have to like mentally like, oh, oh I'm thinking about myself. I'm nervous. Oh. That's the wrong way. Don't want to go down that road. Got to focus on. So you, it's it's just this muscle that you learn to shift it and quit. You just stop. It's just like eliminating um or uh or or saying repetitive nonsense words. You just have to stop doing it. But you make a conscious decision in that moment to stop. So, for example, you contact me to to do this podcast. I could be like, oh my god, a podcast. I'm going to freak out. You know. Or I can go, wow, I want to create value. Oh, I'm nervous. Okay, got to take it off me. It's not about me. 
You getting what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. I, light bulb came on already. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. You, have, you have to catch yourself. You have to consciously like go, oh, look what I'm doing. It's me. It's not about me. It's about that audience. What value can I provide? Let me get to work, work on my outline, prepare, practice, you know, all those things. So the last podcast that I did, which was, I don't know, a few months ago, I listened to it and I was like, wow, I said, um, and uh, so many times I was just irritated with myself. So I thought, okay, conscious decision for today. I'm going to eliminate them. If I don't eliminate them, I'm going to really minimize them because I'm going to make a conscious decision about it. So I'll just give you a little technique for that. Number one, you have to make the conscious decision. And then when you're speaking, you're going to notice when you're about to say one and you have to just bite your tongue. It's the power of the pause. So we say the ums and the us because number one, it's a habit, a bad habit as far as that goes. Number two, it's a filler. You have to be comfortable with the silence and the pausing is so powerful because when you're, let's say you're speaking to a group, you're actually present and you're presenting and you pause, people stop and they go, wait, stop talking. What's going on? And they start to lean in, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a technique to get people's attention, but it also is a technique for you to be able to gather your thoughts. Now you have to quickly gather your thoughts and think about what you're going to say. Exactly. Yeah, no, that that is perfect. Yeah, and it, I am going to admit, I am an um and er and everything else, <laughs> but, but uh, this is some good stuff. And when it comes to public speaking, Ms. Pam, what as far as fu- fundamentals, what would you, I know you get, you've given us a few tips there and, and some different tools that you have used, but What are a few fundamentals do you think people need to become a better speaker? Okay, there are four. I call them the four pillars of public speaking. And I'll just rattle them off. Passion, power, preparation, and practice. These are fundamentals. Now, passion and power, we talk about power is basically knowledge, but it it had a P, so I had to use the power, right? (laughs) But passion and power, knowledge, is about three things. Passion and knowledge about your topic, your audience, and speaking skills. So you need to be passionate about your topic. You're the expert, whatever your topic is. Passionate about your audience. And that's where I was talking about loving your audience. Love those people because without them, there would be no presentation. And passionate about improving. Always wanting to be better. It's really wonderful, I think, that we have unlimited potential, unlimited creativity, unlimited room for improvement. What if we could only improve to a certain level and that was it? That would be sad. So look at it that way, not like, oh, I'll never be good enough. Yeah, you can. You, you are good enough. Just continue to be better and better because like the masters, the people who play the violin, the masters, whatever, they, they never stop practicing. So, and then knowledge, never quit researching and learning about your topic. Like I said, I loved your question. I hadn't gotten it before. That's another thing for me to, to learn more about. And knowledge about your audience. You've got to find out who they are. What do they want? And there are lots of different ways to do that. And then knowledge about specific speaking skills, whether it's projection, inflection, gestures, all these different, there's different things about delivery 
pausing. So passion and knowledge about those three things and then preparing and practicing. Do you believe, have you ever heard of that, the 10,000 hour rule? Yeah, about 10,000 hours and you're a master. What are your thoughts on that? This is, a, I just kind of threw that one in since we were talking about practice. It's not a fact, but it's an opinion. It may be true. It, I guess it just depends on what, look, if you spend 10,000 hours doing anything, I would say you you probably reach master status for sure. So, you know, I, I just, you know, there are facts and there are opinions. And I'm not saying that opinions are bad. They give food for thought. So this depends. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely fair enough. And, and as far as uh, public speaking advice, I mean, like you said, there's always room for improvement, regardless of if we're, you know, a, a novice public speaker or if, you know, someone has been doing it for several years. What advice would you give to anyone or, or I back that up let's let's since we're this is for entrepreneurs and and uh, small business owners and people within that realm what advice would you give to an entrepreneur that is interested in a career as a public speaker well i would tell them that they should invest in improving their speaking skills because there's always room for improvement and work the basics the fundamentals the practicing the preparing for any presentation and take every opportunity they have to speak, develop their goals. You know, what kind of public speaking career do they want? Do they want to speak to churches? Do they want to speak to companies? Do they they want to be a trainer? Do they want to be, you know, what are their goals? And then they need to develop a strategy. It's just like anything in business, develop your goals. You develop a strategy to achieve them. We don't have time to really go into And it just depends on how to do that. But that's something I definitely do help people do. do. And it all depends on what they're wanting to do. So I usually, you know, ask a lot of questions to help come up with something that's customized. Exactly. And you work with all, with, with people from various backgrounds. And I'll tell you what, what we'll do is we'll share your information here after the end of the questioning. But how would one get I'll tell you what, let's just do this. Let's, because I'm skipping ahead of myself trying to ask about events and things like that. But, but I really do. I'd like for you to share more information about your services because I really believe that a lot of us, uh, me included, <laughs> you know, could benefit from what you're doing. But, um, I mean, is there a specific, you know, consultation that you do or, uh, how would we go about getting some more information on, uh, the in demand speaker? Thank you for asking that, Keitra. I do coaching by phone in Houston. I will meet with people and that's on my website under coaching. And, you know, it depends on, you know, how many, how much time you want to spend. There are different choices you can, you can have or select from. I am working on something. I can't say yet what it is because it's going to be launching in a couple of months. And I would love to come back again. If you'll have, we can talk about the marketing part or some part that we didn't talk about. But right now on my blog, I have lots of good information to help people. And I have two free things that people can sign up for. One is a, there are two PDFs that they can get. One's an ebook and one is called Seven Proven Steps for Becoming a Confident, Compelling Speaker and Profiting from Speaking. So it's just a high overview of those seven steps. And then the ebook is what I call a must-have guide on how to easily create an award-winning presentation. So those two things are free. And then when you sign up for them, you'll be on my email list. So when I launch this thing that I can't tell you what it is yet, you'll get the announcement of it. But I would love to come back and 
I really appreciate this opportunity. Yes, ma'am. And we will. Yeah, no, you definitely have. And this has certainly been just a wonderful conversation. And I want to go ahead. Let me ask uh, if you will go ahead and share your website address so that we can go ahead and grab those free eBooks and the PDF. Sure. It's, it's pamterry.com, P-A-M. And then Terry is T like Tom, E-R-R-Y. It's my name, PamTerry.com. Okay, excellent. And you are also on uh, social media as well, the same uh, handle that we can well, find I you. Have, I'm on Facebook, and I have a page that's called The In-Demand Speaker. And then on Twitter, I am now TV N-O-W-W-T-V, and LinkedIn. Prime, those are the, the three primary ones. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so yeah, let's definitely... Make sure we have that down so we can follow and kind of keep up with what you're doing, Miss Pam. And we will also, let me ask you this before we go, do you have any upcoming events, seminars, workshops? I wish I did, but I don't because of this thing that I'm going to be launching. I'm spending all my time on that right now. So I don't have any events right now, but when I do, they would be posted on my website. So if you sign up for my these free things, you'll get notification if I have anything coming up. Excellent, excellent, wonderful. Anything else? I'm trying to make sure. Well, I, we're going to save it because I'm 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 getting excited now, and I try to get everything in in one take. And I know we're a little bit over, but I truly appreciate it. All right, thank you, thank you so much. We'll have you back soon. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.